everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod here in New York with Kristaps Porzingis of the Washington Wizards. We've talked a lot through the years, Kristaps. First time on the podcast. Thrilled to finally get you on. How are you doing? Uh, doing good. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm excited to do this. Absolutely. We we were just talking before we went on air, and I was with you your first day in New York before the draft in 2015. You had flown in, and I always have this memory of you. We were in an SUV. We were going to go have dinner, and we talked at dinner, and you kind of creaning your neck out the window, sort of looking at the buildings. I mean, you were literally this kid from Latvia who lands in New York, not knowing where you're going to get drafted yet. And I just remember how sort of wide-eyed and kind of in awe you were mm. that day. Mm. Yeah, no. The whole process was just, you don't know what to expect, right? I mean, somebody's kind of giving you an idea. But even that day when I got to New York, I thought it was going to be like a sightseeing day, you know, and I was going around doing interview after interview. Um, and it was a crazy process before the draft. And I remember sitting down with you and having that interview so uh it's uh it was an interesting time and a lot going on and at that age you don't understand what the hell is going on you know so it was it was a fun time i asked you a question and i always remember this answer and i pulled it up this morning i asked you what you were looking forward to most about getting drafted in the nba playing in the nba and i've asked it to a lot of young players through the years and you get a lot of different answers but but here's what your answer was the biggest thing for me, the thing that I think about most, is that you can get into the gym whenever you want here. They give you a card or a key, and in the middle of the night, if you want to work out, you just go to the gym, get your work in, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was on my mind, of course, because I remember in Spain, when I was there, we only had limited time that we could get in the gym, get the lights on, you know, and, and get on the court. Uh, so for me, that was, that was a big thing at the time. Yeah, and, and so at 27 years old now, Chris Stapps, and the, the three years in New York and then Dallas and then coming here last year, felt like in a lot of different, you know, the, the attention you had on your career and, and the start you got off to in New York, and then you go to Dallas and there's a lot of attention there, playing with Luca, playing on a contender in Dallas. And it almost feels a little bit like in Washington now you're, for the first time, you're a little bit under the radar mm -hmm. coming in. Mm -hmm. How does that feel? Does it feel different than what you've mostly experienced in your career? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, I, I, honestly, I like it. It's, it's kind of, it's a much more, it's, it's more uh, uh, low-key situation. You know, Dallas, as you said, was a contender also, so a lot of expectations. Luca coming up, playing incredible out of his mind. Um, and then New York is New York. So I like being in this situation. I like that, you know, for example, the expectations are maybe not as high in the in the general public's eye for us as a team this year, but we can we are in a good position to maybe exceed those expectations. I like that. And um and yeah, and it's a new start for me, so I'm excited about that. It it feels like with this Wizards team, there are a lot of guys, including you, with with something to prove. There's a lot of guys with, I think, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and a lot of, a lot of different guys in that way sort of coming together on a team that, that, that has really good talent. I agree with you. Um, I'm excited to play with Brad. Brad's experienced. I mean, one of the best scorers in the league. Um, Kuz is fun to play with. 
he's you know he's playing hard he we have guys that are a little bit like as you said kind of we're all a little bit with a chip on our shoulder you know brad's coming back from injury i've always had you know talks about injuries and this and that and then i'm you know don't fit in dallas and and whatever so i'm excited about this opportunity with these guys and and i i truly believe we can we can make some noise this season talking to you about bradley beal and you didn't get to play with him last season he signs the extension uh in the off season he's going to be here a long time and and you guys make the trade with with denver and bring in will barton uh bring in monty and uh, like you said Kuz is coming off a very good year but but you and brad you know you had different partnerships you come in the league with carmelo anthony in new york with luca in dallas what did you learn from those experiences now you walk in the door with with Bradley Beal and and how you and he have approached this together. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's one thing I love about Brad. As I said, he's experienced. He has played with other uh, good players, high level players, and 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 he, as a leader, he knows how to make sure everybody else is 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 in the game, is 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 feeling good. And yeah, it, I think it's communication is a big part of it. You have to be talking. You have to, if you don't like something that somebody's doing, you have to, you know, talk to him, go up to him, whatever. It's no, not personal. And uh, and yeah, Brad's good at that. Kuz is very vocal, very, and I'm the same way. If, if I see something good or bad, you have to communicate that. So that's a big part. And um, and that's why I think, you know, we, we we have to stay open like this with each other going forward. And then the partnership will work. My sense was, and I'm curious what yours was, that in Dallas, that was not always the case. That there were times where maybe you guys didn't talk through things, things kind of lingered, festered, whatever. Is that a fair assessment? Do you think about that as you were coming in to Washington? Yes, of course, of course. Um, you know, myself and Luca were both young guys. There were situations we should have, you know, just talked to each other, talk to each other, you know, in. Uh, uh, in a, in a room, you know, and uh, and later on we did have those conversations that we did like open up to each other more and stuff. Uh, but now looking back, of course, we made some mistakes uh, along the way. Um, but yeah, Jay Kid came in and and we had some fresh, you know, fresh air, fresh atmosphere, and that helped. And uh, yeah, just at the end, sometimes it doesn't work out the way you expect, you know, and and that's okay. Um, I learned a lot from that situation. I learned a lot in New York and. And, uh, yeah, I wish nothing but the best to both organizations. You know, it's funny. I think people have this stereotype, and I'm curious if you felt it, that they think if you were both players from Europe, you would just naturally get along. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that personalities aren't unique and different, and that there was just this expectation that, well, all European players would get along, and that's not – or it would right. be easier. Yeah. That's – it's silly to think that, but yeah. I think there was some people who just thought you would naturally, yeah. this would just be a great partnership. I would say, honestly, as a European, I would say that's true. You know, all of us, we do get along. Even me, myself and Luca, we got along excellent, you know, off the court, everything was fine. And and uh, it's just those, some situations during a game or whatever happens, and then you don't hash it out right away or something, and it just keep, kind of keeps staying in the in the, in the the back of your mind or whatever, you know, and then if you don't talk about those things, it, it lingers. And I think that's what it was in that situation. And um, yeah, I think I think myself and, and him also, we learned from that, you know, and going forward, we're going to be better. And 
just is what it is. But honestly, there were no issues between you know us. We got along excellent, like almost all European players always do. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. When you look at last year, does it feel at times just a blur? When you get traded at the trade deadline, and there's a very short runway from the trade deadline to the end of the season. Hmm. Do you ever feel like you get your footing in a new place in that short of a window when you think back to last year? Yeah, that's that was the interesting thing because I got super comfortable quickly, super quick. Maybe it was because, I don't know, I don't know why it was, but as soon as I got to Washington, I kind of felt really um, well-received. And... Um, not that I didn't feel that way in other places, but I don't know why it was. Uh, maybe it's just me also getting older and just being better and in, in, in being like smoother with the transition to like a new team. I don't know what it was, but um, of course it's a lot of you know a lot of interviews as soon as you get there, a lot of stuff going on. But kind of had a few days to um, to clean up the bone bruise or whatever I had and, and jump right into the season and kind of get a feel until the end of the season for the organization, for the team, playing in the arena, and then, yeah, the off-season, and now I'm back here, and I feel like already I've been here for a while, and I feel comfortable here. Getting to get acclimated to a new organization, you've gone through a lot of coaches, four coaches in New York, two coaches in Dallas, and you come here with Wes Unseld, who was in his first year last year. New, you know, front offices keep changing. When you look back at your career, to this point, do you value more being able to find stability, have stability in those things um, than you would even know coming into the league? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, of course, that's that's you know one thing that you're looking for. Um, but I'm, it's a it's a part of our journey, also. You know, it's you cannot control everything and. And you might get traded, or the coach gets fired, and things happen, and you have to go on the on a I say, just go with the flow. Whatever happens, you know, and you keep going. So, um, yeah, I think it hasn't been the the most perfect scenario so far, but um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, and hopefully, I find a long term home in, in Washington D.C. Being healthy through the off season, playing for Latvia in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then coming back uh, into training camp, just how you feel, where your body's at, as good maybe as you felt. Uh, Dan Rome, who you worked with a long time, said to me, probably as much, maybe since the beginning of the bubble, right? Going in the bubble, your body feels as yeah, yeah. No, I f- honestly, I feel excellent. I had a long off season for the first time since the bubble. Yeah. Before you know, um, before actually before the bubble, um, so. My body's feeling really good. 
um, I'm excited about that. You know, I had a good summer with the national team, kind of get my engine going, get a little bit of rhythm. And um, and now, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to start the season. It's full energy, excited. Kind of the, the national team also helped me to, to like lit up that passion, you know, basketball. Sometimes you kind of just, you know, especially with the regular season, just goes and goes and another game and another game. Those games are like life or death. So you just kind of give it your all and, and I don't know, the passion comes out more. And um, and I think that's a positive thing for me also going into this season. Uh, I want to keep that that high level of, you know, love for the game and passion and, and high energy now that I'm healthy and feeling good and ready to go. You know, it's funny you say that about sort of finding that that passion. I, I, what I remember most about you when you first got in the league and before you go into a Knicks organization that at the time was pretty dysfunctional. And you were this very, and it speaks to sort of that quote you had about what you were looking for in the NBA. Just, can I get in the gym whenever I want? And there was like an earnestness to, and it felt like in New York, that place can get you pretty cynical pretty fast because you're always trying to figure out there's a lot of angles there. There's a lot happening. Am I this guy's guy? Am I that guy's guy? How I'm getting all the things that you have to fight that, right? You come in idealistic about the NBA and what it's going to be. And I think especially that place at that time, you have to fight that feeling of what you're, you were just talking about, right? Yeah, a little bit. But, uh, you know, at that stage of my career, I was a young guy like, I'm going 100 miles an hour every moment I get on the court, or, or whatever is happening. I, I don't even, I don't even realize half the stuff that's happening in the in the background or in the wherever, you know. So, um, I think the older you get, the more you understand a little bit of the business, and you know, you kind of see more stuff and understand more stuff. And it's it's important to keep that uh, keep a good feeling about basketball your whole even through all the injuries. You know, a lot of a lot of times injuries really make you like suffer and, and not enjoy the game as much maybe you know and that that that's important to always have that good feeling about the game and, and have fun when you're playing you know and uh yeah and I keep reminding myself that now that I'm healthy especially I I mean I enjoy this game more than anything you know so um hopefully you know I have I have more luck and, and stay healthy and and have more fun hey Chris Epps how much of when you think of and it's talked about a lot I think with your body type which is unique especially at your size playing out on the perimeter and the the stress it puts on your lower body moving the way you do it's not typical of what people saw from players and there was a time a seven foot three guy just played in the post and you you know there's been an evolution of the game learning to take care of that body mm -hmm. have you come to sort of the idea that because of your size that I've got to do things probably differently than other guys do. I'm susceptible maybe to more things. And you see that differently maybe after you go through some of the struggles you've had than you did when you were 18, 19 coming in and you could just run and play all day and you were, you were healthy. Yeah, definitely. Um, you learn things as you go along with your career, of course. And I've learned, I've learned many things, especially throughout my injuries, you know, what works, what doesn't work for me. Um, and I think I am going back now to finding the way how I like the I, I, when I'm playing, I need to feel the most comfortable. You know, I, I tried in Dallas, for example, coming into Dallas, I lift weights like a, like never before in my life. You know, I came in the strongest I've ever been. But 
okay, I felt good in some situations, in a box-out situation, in a post-up maybe I felt a bit stronger, but but it took away many more things from my game than it gave me, you know. At the end, I need to I need to feel good. I need to feel um, mobile and, 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 you know, flexible with my movements and things like that, have good balance. So those are the things that I, foc I really focused on this summer. And thanks to, you know, uh, Washington training staff also that gave us new things that I did this summer that has really helped me and my balance and, and feeling good and feeling comfortable on the floor. And yeah, it's uh, I could I can talk right now, but I, I I'm I'm excited to show it on the court. You know that it, I actually do feel really well and shots feeling good and everything is I feel like it's go it's in the right place and I'm ready to go. Think about people having seen you at your very best, and I always think of that stretch in 2017 to start the season. You you you, you you're an all star that year. And it's 30, 32, 40. I think you broke the Knicks record. I think 300 points in the first 10 games. It beat Bernard King's record. And then the ACL happens in later that mm. season. But that was probably maybe the one stretch where you were as dominant for such an extended period of time. Do you still think back to that and say, if I'm just healthy and – I can still be that guy. I can still, and there's nights that's not necessary when you're playing with Bradley Beal, but mm. you're capable of it. Mm. Do, you, do you think about that time um, in your career? And listen, that was a stretch where people were talking about you being an MVP in this league. Yeah, no, of course. I look back and, and that was a fun time. I had fun. I had fun. And um, yeah, no, of course, uh, of course. The main thing for me is my body. If my body's feeling good and and I get in a good rhythm and and have that confidence, then I can play to that level. You know, maybe it's maybe it's not necessary now for me to be posting up, posting up, posting up, beating up. Like by the middle of the season, I'm I'm, you know, not at the at where I need to be anymore. My body just can't you know do that. But uh, but that was a fun stretch and and. And the game has changed a bit too. It's much more threes now. I'm shooting much more from the outside, and um, my game is a bit different um, than it was in New York. But uh, but yeah, definitely. The what I'm looking forward is is re uh, getting that mobility back, getting the defensive athleticism back. Those are the things that I was working on this summer to get back to that New York level, you know. And and the offensive game, I'll find ways how to score, you know. But I want to be effective. I want to be healthy, and I want to be I want to have an impact, big impact, impact on defense. You know, it's funny when, when you were coming in the league. I remember us talking about Pau Gasol and Dirk Nowitzki, and you know, Kevin Garnett. What I think was a player that you spent time as a young person watching bigs who were uh, extending the floor and playing in a different way. And then here come these guys behind you. Chet Holmgren was one, mm -hmm. you know, at the top of this year's draft, and then now. People see Victor Wembayama, who I think you've probably seen more of in Europe, perhaps, um, than people had seen before the last two weeks here. I think especially with Victor, you just sort of keep seeing the evolution, right, of mm -hmm. the game, of the position, of size, of skill. What's it like to watch that and have and be a big part of sort of that revolution? Yeah, no, it's uh, – it's, it's – 
as you said, this we're you know part of always players always get better, you know, and I'm I'm glad to maybe be a part of that. You know, I took a lot from KG as you said, from watching Dirk growing up, and 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 now yeah, you have guys like Victor Wembanyama, who I think is a is next level unicorn, you know, or or whatever you want to call him. So um, yeah, I think he's. We'll see. We'll see how you know how he how he does this season. But I think he's a special, special talent, and I think he's a he's like a unicorn between between unicorns, you know. When Kevin Durant called you a unicorn, I'm not sure I had ever heard that phrase on a basketball player before. Had you ever heard anybody use it before you? No, I don't think so. No, I didn't even know what it was at first. <laughs> you had to look up what a unicorn was. Right. You, you knew it was a good thing, probably, right? You yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that at first, I, uh, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't understand what he meant with it but after that once I realized it that was cool have you been internationally have you spent any time around Victor he's such a younger he probably hasn't done enough national team stuff that you would have gone up against him right mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah no honestly I haven't seen even that much from him mm-hmm. until recently when everybody else saw him I knew he I knew he was in Barcelona he played for Barcelona mm-hmm. um yeah super tall lanky skilled kid uh, much more skilled, I think, than at, you know any other guy that size has ever been at that age. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see his evolution. When you think about what you knew about the NBA and what you knew you were walking into at his age, hmm. and you look back now, did you know anything? Like, looking back, did I really know anything about what I was walking into? Um, what you're up against with expectations and perceptions and... I don't know. I, I, you know, at that at that time, you're young and you're dumb. You don't care about nothing. You just want to play basketball. That's all you want to do. And and uh, it's, it was almost a blessing not to know anything and not to care about anything else. You know, I just wanted to play well. And and I had this opportunity to be in New York on a big stage. Like that's that was twenty four seven on my mind. So. Um, no, the thing was, I knew a lot about the culture, for example, off the court, you know, culture, music. Um, my English was pretty good. Victor's English is great. I've heard him talk. So um, those things help with the transition, but you don't know what to expect, especially depending on where you get drafted. If you're in New York, who can prepare you for that? Nobody, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting journey, and, and you learn a lot as you go, but... Um, it's um, one thing I always kept in mind, and I think every young guy has to keep in mind, is that basketball has to be number one. If you want to do like off the court stuff, that's that's great. But if you keep that love for the game, that basketball is always has to be the priority, and and I always kept that in mind. And that always helped me. How much time have you and Brad spent since the off season training camp? Um, the kind of conversations you guys have had in preparing to play together, preparing to lead this team. What's that been like? Um, yeah, we've had some, some time together. Um, Brad is uh, Brad's a very confident guy, uh, really vocal, open. Um, you could talk to him easy, and that helps. Him being like super, you know, super confident dude on and off the court. Um, and yeah, and it's uh, – we've had – Couple of conversations, uh, not, not a couple. We've been talking all th- this whole time uh, about basketball or off the court stuff, you know. 
we sat on the flight here we sat together played some cards had some fun and and yeah i think it's um there's no need to force any type of relationship or nothing i think the more time we get together on and off the court the the better feel for we'll get for each other and it will work you look at the east right now i mean there was a stretch where obviously the the power dynamic in the league was mostly in the west and I think you've finally sort of seen that transition. I mean, you look at teams you want to jump to get into the playoffs and to get into the postseason. A lot of teams to jump right now. There's mm-hmm. not. It's it's not easy, right, to mm-hmm. to move up in this conference anymore. No, definitely not. It's tight. Yeah, there's uh, many teams that are supposed to be in the playoffs, right? So, from us, we're looking at it. We're like, okay, no, we our goal is to make the playoffs. But then you look at the other teams and they all are supposed to make the playoffs. You know, it's not like it's it's wide open and we're going to get it. So nothing is 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 going to be given. And on the Eastern Conference, it's, it's tough. It's a tough conference right now, as is the West. The league is just, is, I think it's, you know, there's 10, 12 teams that are on each conference that is supposed to make the playoffs. You know, if not, then it's uh, not good. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, as I said, I kind of like being in that uh, position um, because if you're, you know, projected to be number six, but then you're number nine, that's not good. But if you're projected to be number twelve and then you're seven, for example, and and you secure that uh, playoff spot, then that's a different story, you know. So I don't mind being in this situation, but you know, we we have to go out there and do the work and and prove that we're good enough to be there. Chris Stapps. Appreciate you taking time as always. Uh, stay healthy. Um, and uh, it'll be fun to see you guys this season. Yes, sir. Thank you, Woj. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Washington Wizards forward, Chris Stapps Porzingis. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes wherever you get the Woj Pod. Be sure also to listen to the Low Post with Zach Lowe, The Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, and the Adam Schefter Podcast with Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time, and happy opening week of the NBA season. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.